welcome to the Minimum Baseline Podcast, the pod where normal people become incrementally less shit. Sometimes. I'm Stacey Fisher. And I'm Taryn Hiddo. And together, we're sisters and a pair of normies staring into the abyss of two whole months without a public holiday. <laughs> Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands in which we are recording this podcast for us today. That is the lands of the Gadigal and Wurundjeri peoples. Sovereignty was never ceded and it always was, always will be Aboriginal land. I'm excited by this week, Taryn. Sounds like we have both had some really huge breakthroughs. Yeah, it's really been a, a big two weeks. We should mm-hmm. get straight into it. Well, it's been a month for the listeners because I listened back to, and I haven't actually even talked to you about this yet, so I probably should have done that before we started recording, but I listened back to that podcast from a fortnight ago and the sound was insufferable. <laughs> it was so bad. That room that I was recording in was so echoey. Those headphones were so terrible that I did go to edit it very late, much later than I should have been editing it. And then when I listened back to it, I was like, this is garbage. Okay. And so right. I just I just didn't edit it. I thought it's better to put that in the can than it is to put it up there and assault people's ear holes. <laughs> well, in that case, it's been a long month. Yeah. And um, it was a garbage podcast too. Like you and I we we, we just it, we just weren't on form. So I just I put it in the bin. I was in the middle of a flare, which I will yeah. I will proceed to talk about. But before we talk about serious things, uh, we should talk about batshittery. Oh yeah, you've got a good one this week. You go first. <laughs> you you you're basing that off one line, one line <laughs> that I haven't run to. Stacy, I was excited when I saw it. What do you know about J.K. Rowling? Well, I know that she was the creator of Harry Potter Mm -hmm. and I know that she is a massive transphobe, but I don't know what she's been up to lately. So I'm delighted to hear. It's it's not so much her directly, but it's it's associated with her. So yes, J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter and all of its various spin-offs that have happened, she she is not only a transphobe, and this is the thing that I I find the need to explain to people who aren't as chronically online as me. She's she's not just you know, this isn't some celebrity who is, you know, just a bit of a bigot, but does other things with the rest of their life. No, like her life is dedicated now to being a transphobe. Like she is the face of the gender critical movement in the UK. It's very full on. Like this is not like... So it's yeah. not just like a couple of tweets that she's been like, no, I'm a turf, I'm going to stick by this. No, 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 no. This is like... Oh, oh no. Persona. Oh uh, no. Yeah. And this is the bit that shocks people because I, I think people like are aware of the transfer thing. They're not aware of like how bad. Yeah, uh, because it, we've it we've had this conversation in the past. I straddle the second and the third wave feminist movements. So the perspective of turfs is something that you and I have kind of mulled over a lot. And I can see how she might make a throw you know an ignorant kind of throwaway misinformed comment when you are a second wave feminist you probably have not had a lot to do with transgender men and women so she's made a throwaway comment and it's been taken badly and she's stubborn and a celebrity now and she didn't want to back down and whatever that was bad but you're saying that she's actively promoting transphobia 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look through her her Twitter feed as it is right now, I mean, I'll read out some of her her tweets. Um, yeah. It's it's very much, you know, <laughs> like her pinned tweet. This is her pinned tweet. The first thing you see when you go to it. It's not about Harry Potter. It's not about promoting anything. It's men defining what a woman is, what women should and shouldn't fear, what women should and shouldn't say, what rights women should be fine with giving up, and, of course, what constitutes real misogyny. Get a bloody mirror. That's real misogyny looking back at you. But the thing is, when she says man, she's referring to trans women. Trans she's not women. referring to cis men. Right. Uh, she's she's referring to trans 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 women so right. yeah like straight off the bat her whole her Jesus whole shtick is is transphobia now she's also in the uk i don't know how much you know about this but uh scotland tried to pass uh self-id laws which is it's it's just a and it makes it easier for trans people to change their identification on their documents mm-hmm. um that means that because at the moment it's quite a rigorous process uh it's just bringing it up to speed with other european countries the uk parliament came in over the top and stopped that so like no yeah they 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 got in the way of of uh scotland's sovereignty which of oh course, my god scotland that's you know, the hill they're gonna die that's on? the hill they're gonna die on the, the uk the conservative party stopped that from happening in scotland jesus christ and and jk rowling was was the face of this opposing this self-id law you know saying oh you know men are gonna assault women in bathrooms wearing a dress which is not going to happen like all it is is it makes you know the one percent of the population's lives slightly easier that's that's all the bill would have done it's right there in the title self-identity self-identity right like a bill that's literally titled self-identity is none of my business so all of this background uh, mm-hmm. to say that, that something that happened uh, at the time of recording is a new video game has just come out. It is called Hogwarts Legacy. And trans people for uh, weeks and weeks and months, ever since it was announced, have said, please don't buy this game. Please don't fund JK Rowling and, and, yeah, and sure. her life. Um, but of course, uh, it, it's had huge publicity. Again, a lot of people aren't so chronically online. Like some people just simply don't know. Some people do know, and they're like choosing to be to be ignorant. And I did not buy know the game anyway. You didn't know. Shockingly, oh. I'm not the target market for a video game about Hogwarts. No, but you know, a lot of you know maybe some younger people would have been like, for example, if Leo had heard about it and was like, "Yeah, I want to play this video game," like you may not have known. You yeah. know what I mean? You might yeah. just buy it. It's like, oh, it's a wizard game. Sure. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Sure. So it, it's obviously been a been a huge, you know, lots and lots of people have this game. <laughs> the day before the game comes out, this news article is released. Hogwarts Legacy introduces Sir Rona Ryan, the Harry Potter series' first trans character. <laughs> her name have sir in it why is it serona ryan and this like follows the theme right and because the criticism is jk rowling now like it's not just about the transphobia like her one asian character is called cho chang which is not a name uh the irish character is called shanus whose hobbies include like blowing stuff up um you know there's a lot of like there's oh, a lot yeah. of criticism uh, oh, regarding the, you know, the, the 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 Harry Potter series as a whole, uh, and so people have obviously taken this and just run with it. I'll read you a few of them. 
Breaking! The upcoming Harry Potter universe game, Hogwarts Legacy, will introduce the franchise's first openly gay character named Homie McSexual. In Hogwarts, you'll be able to play alongside Harry Potter franchise's first Japanese student, Hiroshima. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't forget about Leslie. It goes by Les. Bean. <laughs> there's just, there's so many of them. It's just, it's very funny. People have really, really just, just run with this. Um, but yeah, the the whole situation is very, like, it's very online. I'm not going to, like, have a go at people for buying a game. But, it, you know, it's it's just this stupid culture war stuff. J.K. Rowling is obviously, like, a bit of a trash human. The fact that they've added a trans woman to the game just to be like, see, see, we have trans people. And then nature, Serona Ryan is uh, <laughs> deeply, deeply funny. But it, it, it's deeply symptomatic of the whole problem with jk rowling so uh yes hogwarts legacy and uh jk rowling being giant turf uh that is is the butchery of the week wow mm. well speaking of boomers i've got one in the most meta example of how out of touch boomers are with millennial realities a bunch of boomers including uh nrl heavyweight phil gould fell for a satirical article about out of touch boomers <laughs> By being out of touch boomers. <laughs> Did you see this? Vaguely. I didn't I didn't read into it too much, but yes. Yeah. See, I'm 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 uh like elder millennial, so websites like The Onion and The Shovel and The Batuta Advocate are like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, but interest rates were 17% in my day complains man who bought house for 67,000, the title of the post states. (laughs) Uh, Article goes on to state that John Bradley, a fictional 63-year-old Melbourne man who bought his house in the 1980s, thinks young people concerned about interest rate rises don't know how good they have it. So I should have mentioned this is from The Shovel, obviously. Bradley is quoted as saying he had to save up four weeks for a house deposit. (laughs) And he only had his salary to rely on, which was about one-fifth of the value of the average home back then. Look, and look, the article goes on and it is very clearly satire. Uh, Like it includes poking fun at how hard it must be to manage 11 investment properties now millennials just don't understand hard work like how hard it is uh but that didn't stop boomers like phil gould tweeting and i quote average full-time wage in 1990 was $566.80 try doing a little research that's so on brand that's so on brand considering how much things have gone up even like what point is he even trying to make i know right what's the average full time (laughs) wage now like like 800 maybe like the things have gone up much more than that right exactly so 500 just for context 566 dollars equated to you know at the full-time yearly earnings uh, equated to 6.2 times the average sydney house price average Sydney house price is now 18 and a half times the average full-time wage. At this point, are they trolling us? 
no 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 i i I think it's i think it's insecurity right because you you don't people don't want to think that they haven't worked very hard for what they have and i'm sure they did work very hard right but Mm. but people like get very defensive when you point these things out you know like i've i've experienced it myself being like young and in uni and someone would point out that you know well you had xyz advantage and you go well i i'm very smart and actually i worked very hard and blah 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 um and you know i am i'm conscious enough to be like actually don't think like that like actually maybe like consider and it's not it's not a character flaw or anything wrong with you if you have had advantages in life but mm-hmm. it is a fact you can't be you know defend against it but i think yeah. people very like- hard is different to impossibly hard correct People like this, they don't like the idea that they didn't earn everything that they have, every cent crawled up from from nothing. When in reality, like, like that's I, look, never I'm not, like I'm not saying that they didn't earn it. They just yeah. earned it under a different system, a much yeah. easier system. Under a different set of circumstances, correct. And we're trying to change the system so that our peers can buy homes to live in and they're resisting all of our efforts to change that system. Yes. Like that's the problem. Yeah. No yeah. one's saying it was easy for you to buy a house. It's never been easy. I mean, buying a house even like what is that? We're the only at like mammals on earth that are born on a planet and then have to pay money to live on that planet. Anyway, it's stupid. Like all of money is just completely like, invented. You know, I always think about this. It's a scam. <laughs> like, it's all a when, scam. When people like uh, put up like the environment against the economy, I'm like, the economy is just made up. Like we just yeah. we just invented that. Like we just yeah. we can like, change it. We can just change. It's all changeable. It's all everything. It's up for grabs. All of it. Exactly. Anyway, look, I'm just, you know, these are the mental giants in charge of our biggest corporations, people that can't work out that 17% interest rates on $60,000 is far preferable to 8% interest rates on over a million. (laughs) Like you can work it out. You know that, right? Look, the the best thing about it, the most meta thing about it is that... (laughs) The baby boomers being baby boomers about the satirical baby boomer article was in fact jabbing fun at an actual interview on the ABC from earlier in the week in which an M's heiress who purchased her first home in Coogee was whinging about how we just need to delay getting the latest iPhone in order to afford a home. Wow, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> to which I say, look, you sacrificed a lot. Boomers, you really did sacrifice a lot. You sacrificed our financial stability and our future planet that we have to live on. So thanks for that. Up yours. <laughs> Taryn, what's, what's been going on? What do you know about The Sims? <laughs> <laughs> it was, be- oh, God, you and Adrian and the goddamn Sims, it was before my time. I like I am of the I was an adult by the um, yeah I was 14 so I wasn't an adult the, the first, but I was 14 but when we got our sims. first modem yeah the, <laughs> the first sims came out in I believe uh 2000 or 2001 or something something around that kind of time maybe even 1999 uh that was when the first sims came out anyway we're now up to the sims 4 um the Sims is one of these games where every it's sorry I'll, I'll explain what The Sims is. 
The Sims is a a life simulator game. So you create your sim, which is like your your character, your person, and you live life. You can get jobs, you can run businesses, you can raise your skills, you do all of these things on The Sims. And maybe, you know, I, I sort of cycle through the same like five or six games. It takes a lot for a new game to sort of break into that cycle. I'm I'm a creature of habit when it comes to video games. The Sims is sort of on the outer periphery. I but I will become unhingingly obsessed with The Sims for about one week every six months, like sixteen-hour days, dreaming about my Sims, thinking about the Sims, <laughs> building a new house, right? Like unhinged but that was me that was me when i discovered breath of the wild so i've played two video (laughs) games in my entire life zelda the like the like zelda from the original nintendo yeah back in like 86 and then breath of the wild on the (laughs) nintendo switch so last week um i had my one week of obsession with the sims Mm -hmm. and so i started off with a sim uh, and then he got married and he had two boys and one of these boys, Jeremy, I went, I don't know, I, I, I just thought of white boy names. I couldn't think. I didn't want to Google it. So Jeremy. name. <laughs> <laughs> so he, uh, he grew up and I, I sent him to university. He was, uh, he had the active skill level of 10. So he was like hot, right? I gave him tattoos. I like fully glowed him up, right? Everything. <laughs> I was, like, obsessed with him. He had all of these skills. I was like, oh. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, I really want Jeremy's life. How good would it be to, to have Jeremy's life? Mm. <laughs> and then I, I turned off the computer one night and I had this moment of clarity and I was like, much like I am in control of my Sims life, I am actually in control of my own life. <laughs> like, <laughs> why am I sitting here being like, man, I wish I had Jeremy's life. <laughs> sit and play the sims all day (laughs) you are your own sim you're a sim you're a fleshy sim i I literally have autonomy like (laughs) did you know that like i have autonomy over my own life and i i had this moment of complete clarity where i was like i can choose to live my life like jeremy and have lots of different skills right and <laughs> control my moods by like resting when I need to and showering when I need to, <laughs> when I need to. You know, like like I have full autonomy over myself. <laughs> I'm gonna take care of me like my favorite sim. So, <laughs> I described this to a friend, and she had a very similar reaction to you. She laughed, and then she said, "Taryn, look, I think there are some more boundaries in a in a human being's life than in a sim's life." <laughs> And I was like, that's true. A few more, a few more constraints. A few more constraints. <laughs> but I realized that uh, most of the things that are holding me back are really kind of like discomfort, like base base levels of discomfort. And then I'm like, I'm going to go into a make-believe world instead. Yeah. And then I just don't do the things that I actually want to do because I'm uh-huh. various different reasons. So I wrote a flowchart. Okay. I wrote a flowchart and I said, what are the things that are the actual boundaries to me doing the things that are, that are fulfilling? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. fulfillment doesn't mean fun always. 
but but what are the what are the boundaries to me stopping me from doing things that I actually find fulfilling as opposed mm-hmm. to The Sims? Mm-hmm. There are only three parts to my flowchart, and this is this is a a, a pots related flowchart. So the first one: Are you dizzy? Yes or no? If yes, stop. Look after myself. Stop doing whatever I'm doing. Mm-hmm. No, carry on through the flowchart. Second step on the flowchart: Are you tired? Okay. If yes, what kind of tired? Are you normal tired or are you pots tired? If you're pots tired, stop and do all the things that you normally do. Drink water. Put your compression on. Put your legs up. Have a nap. If you're normal tired, see if you can push through. Can you push through? Ten minutes? Are you still tired? Maybe you can also have a nap. Maybe you can deal with it in a sort of normal way that people deal with the things that when they're tired, right? Mm-hmm. The last one, I originally had, are you anxious? But I changed it to, are you uncomfortable? Because I think that that better encompasses. Mm, love it. Yes. Are you uncomfortable? So if yes, write down the problem. What is uncomfortable? So right now it is day one of my period and I have cramps. <laughs> I am mm. uncomfortable. Mm. So all right, write the problem. Cramps. So then I have a little checklist. Mm-hmm. Have you been outside today? Have you socialized? Have you showered? Are you hungry? Have you had enough water? Can you ride the wave? Can you take Panadol? Can you take Nurofen? Can you meditate for five minutes? Can you meditate? All of those things. Let's go through this checklist. And the checklist is currently incomplete. I'm still working on it. Yeah. But go through the checklist. And that should resolve the discomfort. Right? Yeah. So then we get to the last part of this flowchart that has in big green letters do the work (laughs) do the things that are fulfilling I can be like Jeremy you can be like Jeremy bitch I can be like him once I get through the dizziness the tiredness and the discomfort I can do that I've told you that I use focus mate the online $5 a month, amazing, best thing I've ever used in my life. Yep. Um, They have a 50-minute session. I usually book 50-minute sessions. But if I'm unsure, if I'm uncomfortable, tired or whatever, or just being a sookie lala, I would book a 25-minute session because 25 minutes is enough time for me to know whether I'm being a sookie lala or I actually, if I get the, to the end of 25 minutes and I'm still feeling boo, I can go have a nap. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's kind of at the, at the tired phase. Is it yeah. like, can yeah. I can I push through this? Because you and I have the exact same brand of procrastination. Mm. I'm tired. <laughs> and it's really just I don't want to, yeah. right? Yeah. And like. We're human beings in 2022. The I don't want to is not leaving the cave in search of food in the ice and snow. It's writing an email. Mm. Like Mm. it's not going to harm us to push through 25 minutes or 15 minutes. There's all these like um, great timers on YouTube and you just go into YouTube and type 15-minute timer. Danger with YouTube is, of course, then you go down the rabbit warren of like, (laughs) for me, it's Bondi rescue videos. Yeah. (laughs) Stacey, why are you afraid of the waves of Bondi? I don't know, 200 hours of Bondi rescue on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if you did want them, 
there are little timers, 15 minutes. By the end of that, you'll know. Mm, yeah. I, I think that that's, that's really, it's really important to do that because I think, yeah, more often than not, it goes away after yeah. that 10, 15 minutes and then you've started and then you're focused. Yeah. Um, Once you're in the flow, 15 minutes is enough time to get in the flow and just keep going. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I share that flow chart on the socials? Yeah, you can do that. Cool. Because I, I saw it yesterday. I'm, you know, I saw the work in progress yesterday. And I thought it was amazing. Great. I want to. I want to use it. I want to do my own flow chart <laughs> on my walls or my other schedules. I mean, you can save the first draft if you want, because you can share the first draft. Because okay. like the second draft will be me crossing out things. I won't look at neat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Love it. Cool. So, what's your small dumb thing for the week? So last time, um, was it to go outside or was it to yeah. go for a walk every day or was it to go outside every day? No, no, we pushed through that. We're actually, last fortnight we were remarking on the fact that you've come so far without even really noticing mm. because it had been just go outside and then it was go for a walk every day and then you were going to do two sessions of gentle exercise, I yes. think. So yeah, and I said I've, just do one. <laughs> I, I've, I've really I have come a long way. Um, I had a bit of a flare about two weeks ago when we recorded that mm-hmm. aborted podcast. Yeah. Um, I actually had a migraine for the first time, and um, I spoke to a, a, a doctor today. There's been some research with long COVID that it's it's pretty much entirely inflammation. Um, yeah, that's what they think. Yeah. So uh, what may have happened is I may have like eaten something uh, or I may have, you know, I was stressed. Like I and I was quite anxious um, that that at that time or some, some other reason, maybe just like it just decided to play up and be annoying. Uh, and that inflammation gets in your brain. And that that is also what they think causes migraines. So I had um, blurred vision and I had a, had, a, had a bad migraine. So at that point I was like, like this is going downhill again. Mm uh but the, but it hasn't been i've i've since gotten a lot better um i've been able to walk every day about 10 minutes uh or so i still get very tired um but i can resolve it yesterday i had a, a you know about two or three hours where i was like you know absolutely like destroyed but i can put my compression on i can go lay in bed and then i kind of recover which is which is cool amazing I mean, there was no way that you could actively manage your symptoms like that several months ago. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's been huge. Uh, An enormous amount of progress has been made. So uh, this week, um, on the advice of medical professionals, um, I am going to do four pieces of one-minute exercise every day. So there's been uh, a lot of science again that's come out with long COVID uh, pretty recently. That and it and it's not all kinds of long COVID. Please don't take this as gospel. Some people like cannot exercise. Some people it's just it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some people uh, who who present similarly to me, it's it's about sort of getting the body used to doing things again very yeah, yeah. very slowly. So rather than thinking, okay, I'm gonna do you know one session a couple times a week, which is what I had in my head because that's the kind of athlete mentality. I'm going to do, you know, X amount of sessions per week and I'm going to push myself for, you know, for that hour or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, actually doing very small amounts very frequently is the way to go. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, four times a day. So breakfast, lunch, afternoon, dinner. We'll do that. Uh, I'm going to do uh, a set of exercise. So for me, uh, the goal is to be back running. So there's going to be a lot of uh, leg work, glute work, hamstring work, calf work, hip work, mobility, flexibility, mm-hmm. all of those sorts of things. Yep. Uh, to get me closer to that goal. So that's my small dumb thing for the next two weeks. Amazing. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, tell us what you're working on and what your small dumb thing is, Stacey. Yeah. So um, as I discussed in the aborted podcast from a fortnight ago, uh, shockingly doing four big goals for the quarter was too many goals. So I have completely dropped the ball on the triathlon. I probably need to have a conversation with my triathlon partner about our triathlon that is in less than two weeks. I'm going to struggle to complete that, I think, just because I've had knee trouble and I cannot seem to fix it. So I've been swimming because I love to swim. It's my thing. I swim in the ocean a couple times a week and also do a pool session. So the swim's going to be fine. But I'm not sure about this knee. I'm going to try to push through the run, draw on all my meditative running techniques, do it really, really slow, strap it before I go. But, yeah, I'm I'm a little worried that he's going to put all this effort into the bike and I'm going to end up with a do not finish. Anyway, I have to talk to him about that. But the learning there is that I took on too many goals for the quarter. And I also took on a goal that I didn't really – once I'd done the triathlon, I even said on the podcast, that's done now. I don't enjoy the bike. Triathlon's not the sport for me. And I should have just taken the, you know, I've fallen back in love with swimming. I'm swimming a lot. Uh, I've fallen back in love with yoga. I'm doing a lot of yoga as well. Not particularly strenuous yoga, not yoga for really anything more than relaxation. I'm doing kind of, you know, mellow flow and yin several times a week. And I, I don't mind a run, but I don't enjoy a run on my own. I really like a group run. So I should have taken all of those learnings into this quarter and structured a goal that actually suited me. Uh, and that goal was Coast Trek, which I am doing, uh, which is a 30-kilometer walk through Sydney's northern beaches. It shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done the second triathlon. The other goal that I had was to make money, was to push through this money mindset nonsense that I've got and I have launched a new business yes (laughs) I've got clients I'm it's it's happening I've already like collected money I had said at the beginning of the year that I was going to make money from writing and I have so it's copy it's brand copywriting which I think because you and I had had so many conversations about your writing, mm. I had felt like, well, I need to, I need to write, write, like you, you know, like you've been. Actually, I'm really good at brand copy. It's what I'm trained to do. <laughs> it's still writing. It's still all that delicious research, word craft stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, And I did this tone of voice workshop with a new brand and fucking loved it. And he loved it. And we just had the best time. And I got paid to do this thing that I love. And unsurprisingly, 
I'm finding it easy to build all of the standard operating procedures and the, you know, the work documents that I need to, because I'm building a business that is actually in alignment with what I love, Mm -hmm. which was how the brand architect started. So that's the agency that I sold in, in 2018 or 19. That's how it started. It was always copywriting and that's what I loved. And then it kind of became something that I didn't want it to be. It became all this digital stuff because I was chasing money to pay staff and da, da, da. So I'm just back. I'm just copywriting. That's all I'm doing. Tone of voice workshops, website copy, blogs, da, da, da. AI assisted. So that's kind of my point of difference is I am being honest about using AI because if you're not using AI in 2022 you're wasting customers money 2023. um oh my god it's 2023 <laughs> yep yeah, that's but that's that's what i'm doing and i'm also writing so i told you i was writing a book that was another goal for this quarter and i'm it's called i've thrown out what i had been previously outlining and i'm gonna write a book on copy world has changed i had never heard i'd maybe heard of chat gbt once or twice before just before christmas since New Year's Day, I have heard the words chat GBT over and like hundreds of times in the supermarket. Like every, everyone's talking about it. Mm. It's just kind of suddenly exploded. So the book will be how to write good copy using AI because AI still re- relies entirely on the inputs. The output is only going to be as good as the input. That's what I'm doing. It's called Fire Your Copywriter. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. And that's going to be, you know, I've got two audiences. I've got people with more time than money and people with more money than time. And so anyone who doesn't have the money to pay for brand tone of voice workshops and me to do their copy, buy the book. I'm going to do a video series. I'm going to do downloads. It's going to be amazing. And I'm really excited to do all of that. It doesn't feel like work. Great. Uh, it has me slightly concerned because I don't think there's a future in uh, in written journalism. Although perhaps uh, perhaps broadcast will not be taken over by robot just yet. Maybe maybe the technology is twenty years away for that. Well, it really <laughs> dep- governments have to catch up is the thing because like at the moment the AI that I use uh, hasn't been updated. It was it was trained on about ten percent of the internet. Mm-hmm. It was opt in. And it hasn't been updated since 2020. So you couldn't write an article about the Matildas win using this technology. And if governments catch up with ethics, at the moment people are operating pretty ethically, you're fine. Yeah. It's only as good as the inputs. And if the inputs don't exist on the internet, it can't write an article about the latest Matilda Swin. It just can't. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, of course. Because it, yeah, it, it, it's another few leaps in technology to be able to like analyze a sports game and then write an article based on that. Like, that yeah, is, like that download is the broadcast and then steps. upload that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not quite there yet. And hopefully by the time that happens, I'll be rich and I can retire. Well, and also copyright law <laughs> currently states that the broadcaster owns the rights to that text. So unless they opt into, it's not just like these bots crawl the entire internet it, ethically, they're mostly opt in. So mm. anyway, it's, it's all, it's all, that's another podcast. It's long and boring, but it's not <laughs> going to replace your job just yet. Good. And if you're smart, you'll kind of keep rather than sticking your fingers in your ear and pretending like it's not coming, you'll stay abreast of what's happening and anticipate it. And there's always going to be a role for creativity, always. 
pretending like things aren't happening is my favorite thing to do. So uh, how dare you suggest I not? (laughs) What is your small dumb thing for the next fortnight? I'm going to finalize the book outline for Fire Your Copywriter. My friend Alana just wrote a book in three days. (laughs) She's unbelievable though. Like don't be an owl. She's not a human. Um, (laughs) So I'm behind where I wanted to be. I wanted to have a book written by 30 March, which is rapidly approaching. I am a little concerned that I won't get that done, but shit, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to punch. I'm going to punch it and see what happens. Yeah. The worst that the worst that happens is I fail. And if if I don't fucking try, I failed anyway. So I'm just going to punch it. Amazing. Yep. Incredible. All right. Well, that concludes this week's (laughs) podcast. Stacey, where can you find us? Ah, People can find us on our website at minimumbaseline.com, on Instagram at minimum.baseline, or Twitter at minimumbaseline. Taryn, have you told the people that you're on, like, does anybody on Twitter know yet about Minimum Baseline? (laughs) Some people do. Some people do. I'll take Uh, that as a no. No, no, no. Some people do, Uh, but, but also no, but also no. I will tell the people. I will inform the people. When I'm starting to not believe out, you. When this episode comes out, I'm going to do it. Leave us five-star reviews to help us reach other people who I don't advertise to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> jump on your podcast app of choice and leave us some feedback. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or our RSS feed on our website. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye.